Hello, welcome to Black Cap Recap, where two bald guys wear black ball caps and dive into the deeper meaning of movies, TV, and media. We're your co-hosts, Sean McCannelly and Aaron Russo. This is a conversation between two friends, and we hope that you enjoyed as much as we do. Thanks for tuning in. This is our final episode of the Black Cap Recap covering Season 4 of The Handmaid's Tale. So we'll be discussing the final episode of Season 4 today. Um, I am your co-host Aaron Russo and I'm here with... Sean McKennelly and we have a special guest tonight, my wife Sarah. Hello! (laughs) So (laughs) a little bit background on Sarah and I have been married for 13 years? 13 years? Uh, Um, Good answer. (laughs) We are high school sweethearts. We have three kids. Um, we've been watching the show since it came out. And I always value her um, inputs and outputs, I guess I should say. <laughs> when we watch the show, your outbursts and the things you, the things that you pick <laughs> up, the things that hit you as a woman, I'm always very, I'm always half the time like, oh, like, yeah, that would hit you differently. And then other times it's like not even on my radar. And then other times we just see things from different angles and together it's a good composite view of it. And so mm-hmm. for this, I wanted to both for this episode and kind of for the season, I wanted to see, uh, I wanted to hear from Sarah, her thoughts overall from coming from a woman and a mother on all this kind of theme, this thematic material that we're in. Um, so we will have her featured throughout. Aaron is going to kick us off with, uh, the beginning of the plot and our first kind of, uh, discussion point. Okay. So, I think we obviously this is this is the finale, so this is where I think the the whole season was kind of pointing to the different ways that June was experiencing being in Canada, being free of Gilead, but not really being free at all, and being haunted and tortured by it. And June has gone back and forth being either uh, very vulnerable and broken and very weak and trying to figure out a way to move on or she's been like looking like she's ready to kill with her own bare hands and she's gone back and forth with that and mm-hmm. this episode we get to see where she lands she clearly lands on the side of giving in to her um, her re- desire for revenge directly um, so I think that the primary discussion, really, apart from the plot points of this episode, which there were many, is just what is the appropriate response in June's situation and in response to uh, people, you know, being traumatized and abused and oppressed? Um, uh, is there an appropriate response, or is it is, is it up for debate or discussion? And how do we feel about June's response to that? So I think we were thinking to have Sarah start out and kind of kick us off with her thoughts on that and and keeping in mind that um that that is that is something that we've talked about before on the podcast about like recognizing that we are men talking yeah. about the situation <laughs> and as 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 unbiased and as sensitive as we might be we clearly are not female <laughs> and so we, we this hits on a whole different level yes. I'm sure as a female and, yes. and I it's I will mention that I I watch this show every week with a close friend of mine who's female as well, and I have the same experience where like she'll pipe up with something and I'm like I was not even <laughs> thinking that I didn't see that 
and then it's clear, sure enough, it's there. And uh, so yeah, so Sarah, you want to? Oh boy! Try to capsulize <laughs> the, the complexity of this as a as a as Sean mentioned as a wife as a mother. Well, I, I, I hope I'm not speaking for all women here if I say something totally, you know, not very deep. But this <laughs> was a very disturbing episode. And I kind of felt like I felt in season one. Just disturbed. I, a lot of season four, I could still go to sleep after watching but after last night, it was just like season one. I needed some kind of a sitcom <laughs> before I could go to sleep. And it was. We call it a palate cleanser. Yes, I needed a palate cleanser show. And I think part of what they did, at least for me, was bring back the trauma that she had. All of those scenes where um, they were doing the ceremony, those are just horrible to watch every time. And they had a lot of that in season one, but they showed those things again this season, and I don't know if it was to kind of make us feel the need for revenge that June was feeling, um, but it definitely made me feel just awful, like I felt the first time I saw it. Um, I will say, I part of me really wanted to see Fred, well, all of me wanted to see Fred come to some kind of justice, but I didn't really want to see it at June's hands. I I wanted her to be able to move forward in a healthy way with justice, but I think what happened isn't going to afford her that. And so I it wasn't just with her hands. Though. It was all of them. I know, and I <laughs> it was with her, yeah, her teeth and, and the other teeth. Oh, uh. the teeth, the teeth, you guys. But I oh I. I, a part of me feels like, okay, good. She got what she wanted. You know, she got the, the, I don't know. You felt the need for revenge with her. But, oh, I really wish that could have happened in a way that she and Luke and Nicole could have moved forward mm-hmm. from. And I don't know that they're going to have that now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, in your eyes, then, the while you can sympathize fully with what she's feeling and experiencing and, and the lack of justice that she's going to be able to get, you're mixed about the fact that she ended up taking it into her own hands and potentially sacrificing her own family for that. Yeah, basically I want, I want good for her. I like seeing Fred... Um, I like seeing Fred taken down by the own system that he made. Right, the, they used to have a handmade circle around mm-hmm. the the woman who they felt has done wrong, and everybody had to attack her, and it kind of felt like that. Mm-hmm. It felt like um, this is the system that he made, this is the fear that he instilled in others, and so for him to be taken down by his own system was kind of satisfying. Yeah. But I still wish that it would have been done. Um, I don't know, maybe by through what would have been their considered proper channels, and the women could have just moved forward without having that to carry with them. Mm-hmm. I just think it's going to be hard for them in the future. And so I, I, oh, I didn't love, I didn't love it. Yeah, I, 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 and I don't know that we're supposed to. I, I am very curious. So I, I really don't think that the showrunners or the people making the show 
I'm pretty sure we're supposed to have mixed feelings. Yes. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I hope that they're not thinking that everybody's going, yeah, with no yeah. feelings of like, oh, I don't know. like. Yeah, when you see Luke sink down uh-huh. in grief, and when you see right. June getting blood on the baby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. <laughs> so I think, I, think that, I think that with that, right, we, we are getting a full exploration of the complexity of what she's been through, what her trauma is. And instead of quote unquote, letting her make the right choice in our minds, maybe at the end of the season, keeping in mind somebody, uh, there's a YouTuber that I listened to and he brought up a really good point, which is that if this was the last season, she may not have done what she did. But because there's another season and they got to keep the story going, mm. he said, like, we said, like, what are you going to do? Like, just show uh, June and Luke washing dishes for season five. Right. They couldn't like, just have their happy. Yeah. There has to be a redemption arc for June. Yeah. Of some kind. Yeah, so I think, I think if, the, if, the, if the season, if this was the end of the show, it might have ended differently. But I was reminded that, you know, like, if there's a whole other season, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. you can't tell a story where... June's satisfying the requirements for the end of her story, right? So there has to be, you know, even though I don't know that I'm super, it's a whole other conversation about like how much story is actually left for a season five. But, but, um, but I think that if you take that out of the equation that they have to have a next season, it's still a, a feeling of like, Oh gosh, like, like there's this, there's this, you know, strange sense of satisfaction that we feel with June and there's also this strange sense that oh that's that's not that's not the best that's not good that's not the thing that right Mm -hmm. yeah I think that um that's and I think that's the one thing that I think this episode and this show well I say I'll say the season right is like, on the one, it doesn't it doesn't um, dismiss like anybody in that situation in June's situation with her history and then her current circumstances. Anybody in that situation who's giving having a genuine post traumatic experience is going to f- feel like murdering people from Gilead. There's no there's no there's no judgment for her feeling that. But then at the same time, at least in my experience, right, like, I can on the one hand relate to those feelings, and I don't think they should be invalidated, but there's a, there's a pretty fine line between those feelings and then the behaviors and actions that she undertakes in mm-hmm. the episode. Um, and I think that in a dramatic sense, it works because it's not real life and we can explore that with June. But on a very right. real level, we just know instinctively, oh, June, like that's... And I think the show does a really good job at the end of showing what her actions, right? Like, there's that there's that kind of like, you know, almost like such release that at the moment when he kills her, but then there's, then you got to go home. And then it's like, oh, yeah, like coming home 
after murdering someone with blood on you is probably not so great. And, and you feel how that doesn't feel right. You know, she picks up the baby and there's blood on her and it gets on the baby and, you know, it's all very, yeah, right? Yeah. And I think that's what the show and the episode is really about is that making us feel both, right? So, yeah. on the, but, but ultimately, I would, I would also land on, this, on, the, on, the, on the spot of like, I would have preferred to see, because really the truth is that she got him. You know, as soon as he crosses that bridge into Gilead, he's done and he's going to get on the wall. He yes. got on the wall. He just got there dead, right? I think is, is what's implied. And well, I mean, he was to, he was giving up state secrets and stuff. Like he was, yeah, he was he going was to gonna... go out the way through the system. And he has a traitor to Gilead, right? Like eventually, but she she did her own. She version circumvented of that to get her own justice. Which, yeah, which he wasn't going to get off like he was about to get off in no. the American system or the like the non Gilead system. Or it's kind of interesting how Gilead is a it's a consistent system in that <laughs> right if you commit if you do the crime you do the time and there's not the nuances of plea deals and immunities and states witness and this and that it's like eye it's for the, an eye it's the so it's like mm. yeah method so like yeah they were able to turn him over and you knew that what that was gonna, there was no ambiguity about what was going to happen to Fred Waterford once he was handed over even just at the hands of Gilead. You knew you knew that uh, you know Nick was going to take care of it. He was going to see to his execution because he has his own reasons for seeing him gone. Right. Not even just the pre, the pretense of his role as an eye, and he needs to preserve the information and preserve the intelligence. And he's now not trustworthy, right? Um, that was that's enough to execute him as a traitor. But yeah, he he had arranged with he had arranged. Uh, a different outcome right and I, and I think that that's that's where it's like okay like how much vengeance is enough and I think that that's you know it's it's interesting it's ironic that I think that the the quote in the in this in this episode that I think is going to be explored in the next season is when Commander Lawrence says to June mm. at that meeting he's like you know no matter what happens here it's never going to be enough yeah it's like, it's mm-hmm. never, you know, there's that's not how you're gonna get closure. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, yeah, remember Sarah, what you said, like after near the very end with June, and she's kind of like looking up. I think it was in the morning, like at the parking lot, and she's kind of taking a taking a beat before she leaves. No, what did I say? I'm sure she it said, was very wise. You said something like, um, <laughs> like, are you gonna be, are you gonna be happy? Or are you gonna be satisfied? Or was that? Is that enough, June? Like, are you... Do you feel you, better? Do you I think feel I said, better. do you feel yeah, better? do you feel better? I couldn't quite tell. Did she feel better or did she feel worse? You really didn't... At the end qu- of the, the episode or... Well, after... Are you talking about after everything happened with Fred and they all yeah. just walked back to their yeah, cars? Like, it, like it's the end of a uh, of a festival or something. And yeah, and she just kind of... She had, she had this look on her face where I couldn't tell. Does yeah. she feel better or does she feel... What does she feel? Is she like, oh, I'm relieved of this? Or like, ooh, now the burden is doubled. Mm-hmm. Um, or like... This, the scratch didn't, the itch didn't get scratched even with that. I, I couldn't tell, yeah. I don't think she had a clear view of what life could look like having let go. I think Luke did not know. He thought he knew 
everything because he had sat through the testimony, but that testimony was <coughs> not thorough. It was just, yeah. and it, which, it was interesting because it was long, but it was just about the Waterfords. Everything that she had gone through was so much more than that, and Luke just had no idea. Right. So he would say things like, you know, well, we're going to have to try to count our blessings. Let's just move forward. Let's and go see a Red Sox game when she saw some horrible things go down at Fenway Park. Like, right. he couldn't and have he known just that. didn't know. He yeah. didn't know. But she saw those hangings and stuff. And I think she thought, I can either have my full vengeance or I can just forget about everything. And that didn't right. seem possible. Right. And I think I think that that's, that's the... the and that's also very realistic. Like, there's no way... I, I, as good of a guy as Luke is, mm-hmm. he doesn't know what happened. He can't. Now, that doesn't mean that June can continue to be the way she is with him and with herself. No. But it is a situation, and I think that's what's so important about this show is, like, it's like, like, when you go through what June went through, like, there's mm-hmm. only one way out of that. There's only one way through that, mm-hmm. and it's through serious grief work, tra- post-traumatic work. Like, which I get, we've talked about this. I still am uh, at a loss as to why we didn't get even one therapy session for yes, anyone. Yes, yeah. I was like, there had to be like. Rita mentions her therapist right. at one point. Yeah, okay, is, where's she, June's therapist? She was never raped or, or anything. I mean, that we know of, but I mean, it's. But but I think that the show does, you know, there's a no question in my mind that if, if this was real, June would, June and Luke would have a really hard time ever having the same connection. Very, very much so. Yeah. And, she is and different And she would now. have a hard time going back to real life. Mm-hmm. And we, we can relate to that to a, to a point, right? But then at what point does her need for revenge end up making her the loser in the situation where it's like, okay, so now Fred's dead and what do you got? And Mm -hmm. it's, and I'm curious what you guys think, like the scene in, in the nursery afterwards is very interesting. Like she seems genuinely relieved she seems almost like, like that's the that seems to be when she's the most like affectionate and 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 alive with her daughter, smiling. Um, she's she's she seems like kind of like like she's on a high and she's very happy and but she's also weeping and saying you know and saying in five minutes she's gonna be five minutes, which I wasn't exactly sure. And then I'll go about all that, but five minutes in the. But I think that it. It's again. It's like I think it's a perfectly nuanced uh, depiction of it. It's like, on the one hand, yes, I mean, wow, like I killed Fred fucking Waterford, and then I killed Fred Waterford. I, I, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Like she's 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 all messed up, and I think that's obviously what I, I mean. I would assume is the the, the 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 jumping off point for the next season is. The, the fallout of that, what that's going to mean for June long term. Are we mm-hmm. going to get a storyline where she, quote unquote, comes to her senses and realizes that was probably not the best situation for her? But I don't know, I'm, cu- I'm curious what you guys thought about 
where you think June is at right at that in that last scene. I think she was. I think she was happy, but I, I don't know. I either she was happy and it was so out of place because she hasn't been happy for so long that she looked weird. That it's either she actually is happy or she is like had a total break. Like she, the way Luke was looking at her, it was like as if somebody was like having a psychotic episode, but holding your your baby, and you're like, is this, are they gonna kill the baby, drop the baby? Like what's gonna like if the person's like, ha ha, I'm gonna hold you over a two story building, ha, and so and like they're happy but crazy, and the dad's like, ah. That was kind of the vibe I got at first, but I'm maybe on further reflection. It was just everything he was worried about since she came back came rushing to the moment of like she is not the same person anymore, and she never will be. And like this is the break. Like she's never going to be the old June I had, and she knew that he was. She could see that in his face, and that's when she's like five minutes, and then like then basically we're done. Like this is the last time we're basically together as a family because we're both realizing what we've crossed this bridge and we can't cross it. Right. We can't, we can't go back because she's what she's done. And I think she meant, I don't think she meant I'll go turn myself in or, um, wait five minutes until you call the police on me. I think it was like, I think she's going back to Gilead to go get Hannah. Yes. I think she was saying goodbye. <laughs> yeah. I think she decided between family and war yeah. and she chose, I'm going to war. Well, I think she also chose Nick. <laughs> I mean, I, but I think, I think that so. that's that's what, so so to clarify though so like because in my understanding of the end of that episode of that in that scene was that the primary thing is that I I don't think she's she's at risk of any like legal repercussions right like probably not they made a point of saying you're in no man's land right like that no happened. rules there in the jungle like, no one in Gilead. Is gonna rat on her, but it's obviously like an execution. Like they wrote on the wall, they hung them. It's not like an animal or something, but like they there's no way to prove finger. anyone did anything. Is right. the point? Yeah. And and the American government and the Canadian government, like, we handed them off at the border. Whatever yeah. happened after that, they, is off they our did hands. it all yeah. above board. Right. Yes. When she says, "Give me five minutes," it isn't because she's got to be on the run from the authorities. Mm-hmm. It's because she kind of knows, like. That she's done trying to make home life with Luke mm-hmm. and Nicole, which is really, it, when you stop and think about it, it's incredibly tragic. I mean, Very. Nicole yeah. is her daughter. Yes. Very. And she has made a choice that, you know, yeah, it's like, oh, that's not like, yeah. You know, but, but she has all this momentum now because she has Lawrence and Nick. That she's able to set that up for her. Yeah, I don't. I assume she can still make connections like that and work that network similarly, and then keep wreaking havoc. And obviously, he was a big head honcho in. But there's others. I mean, that council is still intact. But Nick's on it. So like that's the thing. Nick's on that council. Nobody knows he's in on this, as far as I know. But I feel like that's heading for tragedy as well. Starting to have. Really mixed. They, they're really starting to, in my opinion, and we're, this is kind of a sidetrack, but they're really starting to botch the Gilead side of things. Like, number one, like, Commander Lawrence, like, I'm totally stealing this from another YouTuber, but it's very appropriate. Like, he's literally just there to, to like, as a plot bot. Like, he's just there to, like, make certain things happen at certain points so that the story keeps going. Mm. I, I enjoy mm. his performance, yeah. but, mm-hmm. like, his character is 
I'm not even sure where he's at. Like he's the only thing I can think of is like he he had his own reasons for wanting Fred Waterford dead, not just the glory of Gilead or the traitor aspect, but like um, Lawrence or Fred made Lawrence rape June, who he had affection for as a right. daughter kind of thing, right. and that caused his wife to lose it and then die. Right. So like he had his own personal reasons for wanting Fred to be taken down a notch or killed. And so like you could say this was his master plan, like his long game was to see him dead and he's been playing the yeah. game all along and it wasn't like he pulled all the strings but like he was in the game long enough to see that happen and that could be the somewhat weak justification for keeping him around besides being <laughs> a great actor and a great character um or a great actor at least playing this character who is playing a role of the other plot, but I like that term. Um, right. And I, I guess I could see that, that argument being made for sure. Yeah. But I, I don't know. It's, it, at the same time, it's like, I'm okay with it. <laughs> I I, like I'm okay with it because I, <laughs> he's so good when he's on camera yeah, he's that good. I just can't, uh-huh. I can't get enough of it. Yeah. But I do think that when you add, like, like, I'm just not like, and like, and like, I know, like, so this is the, this is a, and, and I'm, I'm sure that Trisha doesn't mind me much. Like, you know, like, when I'm watching uh, the episode last night with Trisha, right, like, she's, like, she's pointing out, like, how Nick is, like, you know, just, he's, like, the heartthrob of the show, right, in, in her mind. Mm-hmm. And, like, that he's the young, handsome, like, he's not the, he's not the yucky Fred Waterford, he's not the nice husband Luke, he's the, you know, the, he's yeah. the heartthrob, he's the, yeah. he's the, the guy. And... But I, I finally, it, it, it hit me because I thought I did, wasn't ready for them to meet again in the season and have that kiss. Yeah. No, I wasn't ready for that either. And when that happened, it was, there was two things about it that were a little problematic for me. One was, it was like, like, so like, was there something about that that was like, you know, like that there was part of the passion behind that was the murder aspect of what was going on. Like, yeah. So, which we're going to kill gross. this guy together when it's kind of turning me on. Yeah. Which is totally I think, bizarre. I think that's true. And then there's cathartic. And then there's the fact that, like, at a certain point, so there's about three things right now that are problematic for Nick. Number one, he is still a commander at the highest levels in Gilead. Yeah. His uh-huh. hands are dirty. Yeah, like majorly. He probably dirty. has a handmaid or something. Right. Or will if have he's a commander, one. he's got to be married, mm-hmm. and he's got to have a handmaid. Or maybe he doesn't have to have a handmaid. I don't. know. I think he's going to get one, and it's going to be Either Esther way. or Janine. Either way. Oh. We never see his wife, and we never see a handmaid. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's BS. Because, and I reason it, it the reason, makes him have saint gloves because it's out of sight, out of mind, right? Yeah. Right. Because yeah. the reason, and the reason is, is because that's it, that's the way we'll accept. Yes. Her going with. Yeah. Nick. That's true. Because they could have gone there. If Nick is seen as this guy who uh, cheats on his wife and and betrays his wife and 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 has a handmaid. Then we don't like it. And has been waging war on free America this whole time. Right. Yeah. When that is what he's doing. He's, yeah. And he's like jihadi John or whatever. And it's like, it's not so romantic <laughs> when you think about it. You know? And I think, I think that that's, and, and, and plus on top of all that, like, like, okay, like I understand to a degree, but like clearly Nick appears to be in a position where if he wanted to leave, he could leave. Yeah, I'm he sure if he asked, oh, yeah, I'm sure yeah, he could be he like, "Hey, Mark, Mark uh, let's meet at that bridge again, and I'm going to defect, and I'll tell you everything that, yeah. that he was going to tell you, and yeah. and give me like Why didn't he Mark just would be go, like, yes, thank you, you're a super good asset.' Bolted right yeah, there. Yes. So why? Why is he staying? Right. Why is he staying? 
and we don't. Does he have more handmaids to get out, or more of the twenty-two? Like, did he arrange those twenty-two to get out, and he has more to get out, and like that's his role? And I, I that's see, what we I don't want know. we like, want I, good from him because you're right, we yeah. do. Well, we do like him. But we're if, supposed to like him. Yeah. We're supposed to overlook some things. So we'll explain him away. But it's it's easier to overlook it's when possible. you're literally not seeing it. But if we, it was in your face and they're demanding that you, like, don't believe your lying eyes. Like, you're seeing this, but we're asking you to, like, that's a bigger the ask of the audience. The only thing they give us is when he puts his wedding yeah. ring on. And it's just like, oh, well, I'm just going to pretend I didn't see that. And I'm going to pretend all the implications of that aren't there because, right. because Nick. You know, and it's like, mm. I wish they wouldn't have had that awkward kiss in front of Fred in the woods before the murder. That was weird to me. That was weird. But Fred's they response had, was awkward. Their goodbye was, was good. Yeah. Yeah, their goodbye felt satisfying, and it felt like... And it was... And it was we were on their side. You were 100% on their side. He had, he had come prepared with all of this info on Hannah. He came with a doll for the baby. Everything, like, you really felt on their side. And then the kind of creepy in front of Fred, let's go ahead and murder this guy. I set this up for you. Weird. That felt weird. It was like, it was like, it was like hey, baby, one more kiss before you go kill him. Right? It's, like, it's very yeah. strange. And, well, like, if it wasn't Fred Rodgers, <laughs> this is like this is what, like, two psychopaths would do in a horror movie, is the poor victim right. is like, I got kidnapped, and then these creepy couple is, like, getting off on my murder, <laughs> yes. and, like, this is weird, and it's horrifying. There was, there, but it's Fred there Waterford, was, so it's okay, but... There's a point for me where... And, I, and so... When, when they were marching him out in the woods, they still wasn't sure what was going to happen. And then when June is there... I don't know that I got taken out of the scene at that point, but... When she blew the whistle and all those people showed up and started chasing him. I didn't know it was a whistle until she blew it. I didn't know what the other thing she had in her hand was. Yeah, I, I didn't either. And that part was kind of confusing. But when she blows the whistle and then they're all chasing him, I kind of got taken out of the moment a little bit. And I definitely got taken out of the moment when she bit him. Yeah, that was too much. That I mean, they, they set all that up. Like, that was from oh, the prologue. Totally but, they, but I didn't want to like, see I wanna, it. It wasn't... I want to chase him. Or, like, was, I want him to chase... I feel like I did when I was being chased to the woods. So, like, they were, like, foreshadowing exactly how it was going to go down. Yes, but... The, but, but, but yeah. specifically the biting. <laughs> yeah. It was just, like... It got to the point where I felt like... And <laughs> I, I like mentioned this dead. when I was watching it last night. Is that... It felt like it went... Almost into... Quentin Tarantino kind of territory. Yeah. Where it was like gratuitous and kind of silly. Hmm. Which is not what that scene was supposed to be. Yeah. And I think that it was punctuated with the whole finger dropping out of the envelope scene <laughs> afterwards. Well, now Serena is, gets her 10th finger back. You know. Like, Ew. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, a finger for a finger. Oh. <laughs> Which I thought I thought that was, was that like was that June giving a nod to Serena or a threat or both? Like oh, that was definitely she's like, like part of the. This is my parting gift, or is yeah, this like, like oh uh, for sure? Or is oh, this 100%. like you know we're good now, or is this like she didn't do that take with that. an ounce of kindness? In her. <laughs> yeah, and I think that, but that was also like it was like because it was the wedding ring too. It was it was it was it, it just was like oh. So I don't know if we're supposed to think okay, she really has snapped. Like, is that, like, she's gone crazy? But that's totally not the behavior crazy. of a normal person, though. She's well, gone right? totally crazy. I think that's where the debate is. Like, yeah. Like, that's beyond. I, I, think that, yeah. I think that a normal person, quote-unquote, a normal person would think about doing that. 
Yeah. Fantasize <laughs> about a normal it. person wouldn't do it. Put that in the envelope. Even if you could, like she, she went out of her way to arrange it, and she had the power to do it. Yeah. But like, it's pretty dark. But even if any of us had that ability to, you it's, still would. There's something that stops you. But then again, what is that something that stops you from doing that? And how easily is that broken? And that's kind of what they explored. And it's obviously broken for her. And I think instinctively, can, is, we for know. all of us, are we? How close are we all to that? Like, well, how, I think, what, you know, I think <laughs> we're all capable of that. Yeah. But I think that it's it's like it's a it's a fine line, but it's also a fat line, right? Like, yeah. Because there's, I think that it, for the sake of the conversation, right? Like, the percentage of people that cross over from the feeling to the behavior is pretty low. If it wasn't, I think there'd be a lot more dead people around. I think that a lot of people sure feel those things right like well yeah. and this isn't the first time we've seen june murder somebody she stabbed what's his face to death with a pen but mm-hmm. that even felt different because it was her, she needed to get out of there yeah. and to, to a, save a herself yeah to save point. herself she didn't like go out of her way to and moira um did the same thing right um to escape and she did escape from that so those felt a they lot more justified. More justified. <laughs> a lot this more. This was like premeditated, orchestrated, like so, staged. I wonder a I'm couple things. Kill you and I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah. Very. Oh yes. I, I wonder. I wonder two things about that whole what went down. One, there were a lot of women involved, and how much convincing did it take all of them? To, I don't even to know do how, that. who were all these women. All I recognized was, I recognized Emily. Not Rita. But yeah, way more Not than the Moira. support group. Where did they all I'm come from? How did she, there. how long of, you know, how much convincing did that take? And then the other thing was, you guys tell me what you think about this. All of it, <laughs> all of that went down and happened at the hands of these women who in Gilead have no power, but it was still orchestrated by the men. It was still arranged by the men. Hmm. They had to still do it. They had to say, "Okay, girls, here you go. Here's your well, here's yeah, your I mean, that, prisoner." That was, yeah, that sure. Was there was the no only women way involved. They were going to get that done through Gilead. But I think, I think, I, I understand what you're saying, and I do think that the show is very smart. And so I think that they, they, there's the scene earlier in the show where June says to Mark, "The world will always be ruled by weak men." I don't know if you picked yeah, up on that. Yeah, him. Right. Like he was being weak for... Make the world go around. And, it's, and by default, I think it's also like Fred, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's stand-in. He's the stand-in for Lawrence or yeah. other people. So I think... I'm a man. I have rights. Show goes oh. out of the way to say like, <laughs> hey, you know, like... These guys are all really not men. Mm-hmm. And that um, June is... is She's the one in control. She's she she gets she gets Fred. She gets Mark to do what she wants. Yep. Yeah. She doesn't listen to Luke. She doesn't. She is not. Nick will do what she wants. Lauren will do what she. There's no man really telling her what to do. She is within the system, Mm -hmm. working to her ends. Right. Yep. That's true. Um, But at the end of the day, I think the the thing the thing that stops us, which is what you were saying, Sean, that I think is it's like. The thing that stops most of us from crossing over 
is that we in this like like when it really gets down to it, we 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 stop and we realize like this will make my life worse. Ultimately, like the consequences and the and the ramifications of that choice will make my life worse. And I will have to live with that myself and that decision. And ultimately, I don't want to feel that. Even though at the same time, that that feeling is acknowledged very directly. Like, that, that that's a valid, like, it's completely valid for June to want to kill Fred. Yeah, and we wanted to see and him brought to justice. And it's a valid thing for us to also think... Oh, June. Oh. oh, no. No, no, no. Right. Maybe that wasn't the best way to handle it. Like, I'm sure there's some people out there who would interpret this as, yeah, no, that's the whole point. The point is, you know, women taking that fully into their own hands and, and meeting out that vengeance. But I don't think the show is trying to say that. No. I'm reminded of a scene in The Walking Dead when <clears throat> the main character is Rick Grimes and his son is uh, Carl or Carl. So what he always says. But they're they're like kind of the group is all scattered and it's just him and Carl. But then there's these bad guys. There's always a bad guy group out there. And this one's the Reapers or the Claimers. I think they're called the Claimers. And they just like go claim whatever they want. And then if you can keep it, you can hold it kind of thing. And they like ambush them. And the one guy is going to rape Carl. And and Rick just freaks out like he snaps and he he like guts this guy from groin to throat. And then the other guy like bear hugs him and holds him and Rick just like like basically bites his neck and Rick rips out his trachea with his mouth just like the zombies do in the show and it like it's this crazy moment in the show um but like he saves his son from that like from that in that situation <laughs> by going there and doing that and it was just like yeah man what would it take to snap like that like, to do oh, something like as that as a parent to save this uh, yeah that like would he, do it. his son was in mortal danger and in the moment he just like goes full on animal mode and and like acts just like a zombie right because the zombies just eat you alive and he went brutally like that and it's like and in the moment you're watching it you're like and like yes oh i'm so relieved that he's okay but like oh like this is gonna and it does it changes rick forever that moment like what he where he went with that he had never gone kind of that far with things he Mm -hmm. shoots people and stuff but like he barely ever shoots the living right but that was like full on i think like i think that's you know that's a good example of what in The Handmaid's Tale, what The Handmaid's Tale t- does so well, which is that creates these very convincing, morally gray yeah. scenarios. Mm-hmm. And I think this show does it so well that I sometimes get angry and frustrated <laughs> because it's like, I can't be on a side. Um, even with Fred, they manage to make you feel some mercy for him. Like he, he, I believe that he did have some sincerity in his apology in the show. But, you know, and they, they don't let anybody in the show, and I think this is what you're getting at with the description, is right. They don't, they don't, they don't let anybody in this show be all good or all bad. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that takes balls to like, to Except take for a Nick. show. It's hard like, to do we're that. We're not going to Nick's allow, all good so far though. No, <laughs> Nick's not. Luke is all good. If yeah, anybody. he's all good, but I think Luke is, he's not a main character anymore. But, it, but, but he can't. Also, he's also. He's not in a position to be any different. Like, he doesn't. Like, there's not. I mean, like. But he's in the they, role of antagonist. Like, he is in the way of June's 
Pass. He can't. He, he could be. He could be more pushy. Like he could really get in her face about it, and really get yeah. get down on her. Yeah, he for him, I think he's he doesn't. He's not trying to understand as much as he's trying to get a happy home life. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I mean, if anything, you could make that argument, and I think he, he's trying to think, push through too hard and too fast to get to the. But other I think side. at the same time, though, he does spend a lot of time stepping out of the way, for sure. Yeah. Like, he definitely does. I, I root for him, and I feel horrible for him. I really, right. really want, wish he had a better shake of it. I think, I think that that's... It's almost like, yeah, if, if June could take Nicole back to Gilead, or get if they, if June could reunite with Nicole and Nick, and then get, get Hannah back to Luke, everyone would be happy, you know? See, and that, and that, but even is, Hannah might be messed up by now, so... That's, that's oh, the other sure thing, is. Is, that, is that in the show... So two things, because now if Hannah becomes a priority, it's like, there's two things about that. Number one, the show, June, the other characters, and we as the viewers have all kind of said goodbye to Hannah. And yeah. now we're going to be asked, potentially, to make, for, to make that, this compelling storyline about getting Hannah out of Gilead. If, we, if that's what's happening, I don't know if she, I mean, she's going in for war, but I, we don't know for sure she's going in for Hannah, because if she was, then it would be like... But she just really burned a bridge with Luke. I think so she like, has chosen war. I think yeah. she's going in. I think when she was having that conversation with Emily yeah. about being a good mother would be able to move on, and Emily did not respond. And then she looked in the window, and Luke and Moira and Nicole were happy and smiling and living a home life. I think that's when she decided, one of the moments, I'm not a she decided, <laughs> I'm a bad mom anyway. Hmm. You know, and she could tell herself that, which was a conscious choice. Hmm. And Nicole is fine. And yeah, I'm going to go to war. I think that's what she did. She's and then gonna, I think at the end she was saying goodbye. Yeah. I think, I think that's... Good soldiers follow orders, right? <laughs> and I think it's really, really sad and terrible, but I think that's what yeah. it, she's and doing. I think, I think that that's... I think there's, they're going to have to do some, like I was saying before, I don't know if you're recording it or not, but like when, when this season ended and when this episode ended, I, had a, I, I, have, to, I have to kind of work up expectations for the next season. Like, I'm not like, mm. die, like there's no cliffhanger here <clears throat> that I've yeah. really experienced. Other than like what's going to happen with Janine and Esther side of things, and, but they completely abandoned they for this abandoned episode. They abandoned the entire episode. Yeah. So that was like a backdoor pilot to season five. There's a lot of questions we can have. Is it going to... Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of things that aren't resolved, but like you said, if this was the end, we get unresolved endings all the time and we just have to figure out what we think but is This This is whole season to me felt like a, a last season and yeah. that last episode felt like a series finale i could see that being true it did and yeah now, like they could they could are there just, things they can pick up and create sure. yeah. for a next season? like if they yes, canceled but, season five it's not like a total loss because and the if they do that up. i hope they do it well i hope they give me <laughs> yeah. as the viewer who likes to be satisfied some satisfaction yeah. do, a, do a confirmed only five seasons and do it do it well. I want a happy ending. I want Gilead defeated. I want everybody freed and in therapy and doing great and having a happy family life. That's think, my satisfying I ending. Think, I think my my feelings about this show now with things being what they are at the end of season four 
I don't know that there's a meaningful end for June other than dying. If she died, um, how do I say, like, in glory? Like, if she died giving of herself instead of being, you know, kind of the selfishness that we've seen. If she died saving someone right. or... Redeeming, in a redemptive yeah, way. Yeah, in some kind of a redemptive way, that could be I think that that's character. the likeliest scenario. I think... Especially if she, like, dies basically as Mayday embodied. Like, she inspires the full-out uprising of Martha's right. and, and Handmaids by her martyrdom. Like, if she's able to effectuate her martyrdom, right. and that is the end of Gilead because the whole system just collapses because the Marthas and the Handmaids outnumber the Gileadites, I'm sure. A lot of people died for June. Yeah. And it felt like, okay, but... Or with her. But to get June... Um, I don't know if to get June to Canada or to get June her, some momentum behind what she was doing. You know, June felt like she was on a mission. And so people felt when people died for her, it was bad, but also felt like, okay, but we're, we're trying to get somewhere with her. She, they're trying to um, prop June up in her mission. Yeah. And so to see her die for someone else might be the what her character needs for redemption. I mean, I think at this point, like, it's most likely... I mean, I don't see any scenario... She... Her death needs to be what ultimately, I think, gets her... Gets Hannah free. Yeah. At a minimum. Maybe to Luke. Not, maybe even bigger. Yeah, please, like, to Luke. Yeah. Um, but I think that this... The, the, the important thing to... Ever, I think... As I'm as I'm thinking back on it, like right, like so, like, and again, it's what the show does so well because at the same time, like on, on the one hand, like we have to remember, like like, hundred percent, the Gilead is the bad guy, like Gilead is the evil in the show, hundred percent, mm-hmm. and the only reason that June is the way she is right now, right, is because of Gilead. Right, and I think you brought up a good point about them giving us the flashbacks because it can be hard to remember like how yeah. bad it was, right, and how terrible. I mean, that was mm-hmm. bad stuff, right? Like, so so Gilead is bad, 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 evil to the core. They don't have a gray. Gilead is just evil, right? I mean, like yeah. they they for the most part in the context of the interpersonal workings of the show Gilead produces not good things right mm-hmm. like and the systems are evil the, and, the yeah. systems and are the, and yet at the same time June who is the hero of the show mm-hmm. is right like her trauma is creates creates the complexity around like how do we how do we how do we feel about June as the hero going through things in such an imperfect and and like oh like where we start to question and we can kind of forget like we can forget that this is really still the hero of the show mm-hmm. she's she's somewhat creeping into maybe slightly anti-hero territory that's what I was saying early on remember yeah that that can turn into an anti-hero. For mm-hmm. maybe for a while, it, like we've got her to the anti-hero point, 
basically at this point, and yeah. they can turn her into a martyr hero, or, um, or like it might be kind of cool to have like the the way the public kind of understands the public in the show understands her mm-hmm. is different than the the real person. Just like in real life, we have these larger than life heroes out mm-hmm. there, but like that's the persona that's been cultivated right. and crafted. But the real person is way more complex. If you read or watch any biography. <coughs> Gandhi or MLK or whatever, like they all, they're right. complex people as Flawed people. Human beings. But we just like have a one sentence. This is who this person is. Yeah. And it's like it doesn't work that way. So maybe they'll explore that of June the icon and June the broken person, hmm. broken from this experience, but also because of the choices she made and she chose to go down certain paths and not. But like the myth of June, the mythical version of her, is. They could even play tricks with us as the, as the audience where we're, we can't rely on even what we're seeing. And we're not sure if we're being propagandized with her or if we're seeing the real her or not. Like, that'd be kind of a fun twist to do with this. I think that one of the things I remember thinking at the end of this episode was that I'm pretty... Um, now I'm utterly convinced that, that that dialogue that she was having with Mark in that, at the end of that one episode where she's talking about Serena... But mm-hmm. she's describing potentially herself. I am now 100% convinced that that's the case. Like, like she was realizing that she's a psychopath. Well, she was the thing she was describing, like, clear, like June is, you can see, June, June is not at this point capable. She can't, like, she cannot cope with life or satisfy herself without bringing misery upon the people that she's angry with. She has no other way of living at this point. She cannot move on. Um, she is her, everything she does at the and, and by the time we get to this episode, everything she does is geared. She will do, she will work with whoever she will commiserate with whoever she will manipulate whoever mm-hmm. to get what she wants, which is to, to kill Fred. Yeah. Like, and she's, she's clearly like, like not, not motivated in a good way. Right, and she's she's she is a lot like Serena, um, in the in the sense of like that. Even though on the on the on the same token, like she is very different from Serena, but there is that like there are elements of of June that are very similar to the Serena that we saw in this episode. Well, they need to call him Commander, and that. And everything mm-hmm. that Serena is doing is also she doesn't really even give two shits about Fred mm-hmm. or anybody else for that matter. She's like. Everything she does is to get her and her baby. Yeah, the house hunting. The she wants. Yeah, to, yeah. She, she was she full on care with Mark there about anything <laughs> else, and she doesn't even care about. Like I thought, and I know there's so much more we could discuss. And he's like, like with your husband, you're going to live the together. Scene where he's supposed to be leaving for Geneva. Mm. Yeah, how, she, there's, there's no affection. No, nope. none. It's like it's almost like her personal assistant came in and she's like, oh, "I'm busy. I'll see you." Yeah. Like, we'll Zoom. Okay, I'll got you on Zoom. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, like she is not, like, you know... And I think, obviously, she's going to be a major part of the next season. Like, her storyline is definitely, you know, like, what about Serena? Like... Yeah, like, mm-hmm. what... Is she... Are they going to keep her in Canada? Or are they going to give her back? Or, like, what? where is she going to be situated? Right. What is her... If, him, if he's gone, is she value of any value to anyone at this point and if not what does that mean like is she then go free or is she now just have to she has no protection now so she has to get punished 
for her crimes? Like, does she stand alone on her crimes? Because she had her... Remember, she's like, my prospects look good, but that was all only with Fred's right, right. Like, she's, prospects she's, or his exoneration. And now she's, she's, she's the on one that own. has the lightning rod. Um, mm, but they have the, the public. But they were also hinting at her, like, oh, you should write another book, and, like, you have a constituency and this and that. So, like, right. she could marshal that, and you could have this, like... She's now an unstoppable uh, blogger lady, you know, wherever, like, she has, <laughs> she's too politically connected to, or, you know, she has too much power to be be stopped without causing a bigger problem, but then her existing and having a voice is causing Gilead to spread or be propped up prop, with propaganda or with rhetoric from her, that's from what, outside That's Gilead. what I think the question for me with Serena is, is that now that Fred is gone, now that she's completely, really free of Gilead, I don't. The only reason, the only way I could see her getting up in Gilead again is if she asks to be sent back. Which I don't um, think she will, based on like the visitors and things. Where she, she's I think I think that I think that the question for with Serena is like, is like, cause I think that for me, like I'm I'm not sure when I'm watching this episode, this season, like, is she really a true believer or is she trying to? I think I think at the at the end of the day, the only thing Serena really truly believes in and cares about is her having a kid. That is the whole like, plot for her. Yeah, everything. Be a mom. Which Gilead was like an entire. She will do she built to yes. Make she sure will she do that <laughs> so yeah. that she can have a baby. Absolutely, yeah. and and she's a confusing character, really, because mm-hmm. I keep thinking like, what what are you doing? <laughs> Why are you doing this? And the only thing it is, is, is she, she wants, wants a baby. And so if she has this baby, is she going to actually be satisfied? Maybe she doesn't want to have a voice. Maybe she doesn't, you know, maybe she's not motivated yeah, she, in that yeah, direction. She could either go that way or she could just totally fade in the background. Because all of her motivation has been baby. Kid, even in prison. It's just been baby. Whatever yeah. she has done has been for that end. <coughs> so if that actually gets accomplished, I don't know what, what else she'll be motivated by. So I was confused, and still am, about, like, when June went to visit Fred. I I don't know what was going on there. I think she was playing a mind game with him and puffing him up for the fall. Like, she knew he was going to pull the rug out, or she's running this plan. But she was pushing his buttons, or stroking the ego, and this and that. And trying to get a, either a read on him or get him to say see what she can get him to say and do. Um, but she was kind of going along with it, seemingly. But that was for his sake. Like, What, what was going on there? Was, was she I, torn, or was she like playing a game the whole time? Well, like, I think, I think there, th- th- that was one of the... One of the when, we were, when I was watching the episode as it was happening, that I had a huge problem with the fact that she just showed up there. Yeah, there well, was no why, why is she allowed to do that? All. Why would they like let the guard... Like, Why would she be able to tell the guard, we can leave us alone now? I'd right. be like, nah. After what you did with Serena, you screamed at her. I could kill this guy yeah. with, but you can leave. Yeah, like, uh-huh. like I idea. kept thinking like he gave her a glass, right. and I was Especially like, she could she smash him in the head. Mark, like, like, I'm going gonna... to kill him. I'm going to kill him, and I'll yeah. see think, him alone. That's I think weird. That, I think that at a minimum, I, I think that at, as an explanation for why she was there, right? It was like he's getting ready to leave. This is her last chance to confront him. She already had her confrontation with Serena. It's her last chance to confront him. Um, she doesn't go in guns blazing like she did with Serena, but she does go in there, I think, to kind of 
confront him. But then when, the, when it actually starts to play out, it's way more complex than that. And I, for me, what I saw in that scene, which, again, the way this show can do this is amazing, right? Because, so there's a, there's, you can see, like, she's in there, and then there's just, like, Fred just, I think, in that conversation, if there was any doubt in Serena's mind, in June's mind before that conversation about what to do, by the end of that conversation, she's done with him. Yeah, I got that, I got that much, but I don't know how we got there. I I couldn't track. We got there when he said, oh, um... I forgive you for speaking so poorly about me in court. Yeah, that was like, come on. <laughs> like, excuse me? I'm like, sorry if you were offended. Right. That like, was. Like, and, he's, and he's like, he's, he's basically like, um, I, accept, I accept your apology that you never gave me for what you said about me in court. Which was like, like dude, are you delusional? Yeah. Like, you're a freaking monster. And then um, there was something else that he said, I think, along those lines that just fed into that. Like, his delusion that somehow he was still had not done anything wrong. He dilutes himself like that. And he yeah, really, he's, he's he, he fancies himself a good person. He's I like, think. he's like, we had a, we had something special. I wouldn't call it love, but well, it was, it, I, was yeah. like, Whoa. The, I think that the, the, which I think was foreshadowed a little bit in the opening sequence with that. Right. With her dance. That wasn't a flashback. Right. Cause I, I remember she went to be a, or she was in the Jezebel area for a while. That but was, he, not, he's taken her there. That, that was a flashback yeah. to when he took her there. But yeah. We didn't see that specific dance. Yeah, and okay. Looking, I thought it was right, and the weird open but mouth. They, I, think they, I think they did that to... Because I think that... I mean, there's moments in that... I think in that conversation, what we see is two things about Fred. Number one, he's still a power-hungry narcissist. Yeah, hundred percent. He's he's not reformed in that way. Right. The other thing that we see about him, which was we saw a little bit of in other parts of the of the episode, is he's still a total sleazy pervert. Like, yeah, he yep. totally like. Oh, I miss Alfred. Like, she just, could just turn so on that. So yeah, I guess I think she he showed she he needed... showed like he showed like basically in that scene it was like you liked it, didn't you, Alfred? And he's she's like. Yeah. Like, okay. Like, so that's what I think. Like I think she that. um was maybe on the fence and she's like I'm pretty sure I know who this guy is and I'm going to go one more time and have like I'm going to feed him the lines and he's going to do his thing right. and that will get the fire stoked back up and then that's I will have certainly decided what happened. I think that's what yeah. the audience was yeah. supposed to experience. Cuz yes. So that she, we would not feel bad when he gets... that's after that scene is like, they're like eating at the table, right? And then she tells Emily, like, I want him to be as afraid of... Like, she has made up her mind after that encounter. But right. in the moment, mm-hmm. she's playing the... Like, she's like, yeah, I miss Opera too. Like, she's... But she's really like, I'm... And you're, in, in, you're, in you're that hanging moment, your, you're giving me your noose. Like you're hanging your rope right now. Right. With the way yeah. he's saying and doing. And he's, and he's totally fooled yes. because he's so full of himself. Yeah, yeah. And she could like, fool him very easily. Yeah. Yeah. And, and she knew that. That's yeah. the whole and I think that's when it's like you're not worth living. You're not, you're not yeah. really so it's a very important scene, but it's initially confusing. But I, yes. now I see what's going it's, on it's with it. But experience. it's like pivotal to the whole thing because mm-hmm. that's when she makes her decision really. I and feel like that's when that's when she. That's when she realizes 
this man is never going to change. Yeah. And he's, he's going to go free. And there's the other scene mm. where we get that again is when they do that brief scene where we see him answering questions. Yeah. And he's like mi- minimizing everything. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. you know, well, do you recognize her from Jezebel's? Uh, well, I mean, I didn't go there that often. Oh, well, but you did go there. Well, yeah, I mean, but, you know, I didn't, I didn't know her that way when he probably did. Yeah, oh, like, sure. So and he kept calling her her Jezebel's name. He's clearly, like, he is not the, he's portrayed in that scene as the, he's utterly, everything he's doing is just part of the political power play. Like, yeah. there's no remorse, there's no contrition, he's not feeling bad about anything he did. He's just there so, to give them information so he can go free. He doesn't give a shit about any of those people. And, and then in the scene with June, it's like, then we confirm, yes, you are the monster that mm. did all those things. And if he were allowed to go free, probably in June's mind, this kind of thing will be continuing. Right. In his I think, own I think way. it was more just like, I can't let him live. Yeah. Even if he never has the opportunity to do that stuff again. I cannot let that man. He did not make it right. I think that was her. Yes, yes. I think that was her. <laughs> her feelings. Did she set up the rendezvous with Lawrence and the twenty-two for one deal before she saw him or after? Well, it's it's after her meeting with Fred that she intercepts Mark on his jog and says, "Let's go for a ride." So I'm guessing it's after. Yeah, it's not super that's right. Clear. I have it written down as June and Fred the meet, and then the next thing is June with Mark, need a yeah. ride, meet with Lawrence, trade for Fred. Yeah, yeah. so she effectuate, effectuates her plan after that meeting with... Seems to be. ...with Fred, where she had a kernel of an idea, confirmed it, decided, carried it out, right. and then we see it unfold. And, and we feel sufficiently grossed out by yeah. Fred. Yeah, I was like, For me, like, by the end of that scene, I'm like, yeah, dude. When he's like, I miss off Fred, I'm like... Ugh. Yeah, that's so that gross. was to me. That, that was like, like it's a weird fantasy, yeah, like role play thing. Like whoa. Hey, and don't even. Oh man, because you know, I mean, literally, it's role play. Like that. they literally yet like, another a, Republican lawmaker. You know, <laughs> anti-gay marriage. Who's, oh yeah, there who's, you go. Yes, behind the closed doors. Well, it's great. Yeah, we gets arrested. It's like I'm a man. I have rights. It's like oh, barf. <laughs> yeah, Give that was. Sean and I did a lot of laughing and uh, mimicking that one. Because mocking. I mean, yeah, it's great. Like he gets put in the paddy wagon. He gets in the neck and the neck and leg restraints. Like he gets treated. He gets right. the full handmade treatment. Right. For a very br- brief For, period of time. Yeah. <laughs> just enough to, to remind us like, oh yeah, this is just him getting what he yeah. dished out. Yep. Exactly what oh. everyone and I love, else got. Uh, I love Lawrence's like, uh, should I object or whatever? <laughs> like he's so like casual at the bridge. Lawrence is like, oh, <laughs> should I object to Nick handling this off? Because it's like my jurisdiction, but kind of yours. And Nick's like, well, it's an I thing. So and he's like, oh, okay, whatever. Right. And they're, they're like, all, they're like doing all the motions and saying like, all the right it's things. It's all just like, but it's like, Lawrence and it's is really so, pretty mean because it's like, yeah. it's, it's all like, it's like they're making a joke about Fred being completely at their mercy. And like, they're like, yeah. uh-huh, we're making jokes. You're about to die. Yeah. Like, and it is not going to be pretty because these ladies are pissed. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, that wraps up season four of Handmaid's Tale and our little mini series here of episodes. So we will move on to something else soon but uh for now until season five we are wrapping this up Um, we hope you've enjoyed our uh, episode today and our episodes so far with this show thanks again and we'll talk to you next time